You're listening to the Central City Assembly podcast. We're dedicated to sharing content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus for the good of our city and helps you grow in your love for Jesus. So enjoy this episode and may you be filled with the love of God the Father. All right, good morning, church family. I love hearing everybody welcome each other back. We took out that initial welcome for a little bit. Aren't you glad it's back that you can say hi to one another? Yeah, it's fun. All right. So this is the second week of our summer reading series. Go ahead and throw that slide up, Jeff. Summer reading, um, where we're going to spend the next few weeks, actually the entire summer, um, digging into some books that I've read personally and uh, that I believe will help you in your walk with Jesus too. Um, And we're starting with a study book called I Said This, You Heard That. Um, as a, it's written by a lady named Kathleen Edelman. And as a Christian counselor of 25 years, Kathleen's uh, major goal in life is to help people speak kindly to one another, right? And we can all agree that we need more of that in our world, amen? Especially with some elections coming up and all that fun stuff. Jesus, we pray for kind words, right? Um, and she helps people speak kindly to one another, by helping them understand their temperaments, temperaments, which we talked about last week. And temperaments are the, um, the core character of who you are, which is different from personalities. Personalities change, but temperaments you're born with, it stays the same all the time. Um, and our goal in going through this series is to see how we can use our temperaments for the glory of God and the good of the people around us, Right? And the theme verse of this series is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Um, in Ephesians 4, 29, if we're ready for the, the slide up there, um, Ephesians 4, 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And that's from the NIV version. And last week, we talked about how our words are powerful. All right, just let that sink back in your spirits again. That our words are powerful. And what Paul is saying in Ephesians 4.29 is that our words should be used not for our own personal gain, but to build others up and to make them whole. Right? If you missed the message from last week, you can listen to it on our podcast, or you can go on our website, find it there, or just go to your favorite podcast site, um, search for CCA, and it's right there, already loaded up for you. All right. Now, uh, in a short moment, we're going to review the temperaments again, and you've got a little card sitting on your seat. If you don't have one right now, just look in an open seat later. P- take one. That's for you. Take it home with you, all right? A little reference card. Um, but we're going to review them in a moment. And today we're going to build even a little bit more on our understanding of temperaments uh, by focusing on each of their strengths and weaknesses, right? We like to talk about our strengths, but our weaknesses, not so much. Well, we're going to dive right in, all right? Um, We're going to look at how our strengths can be used to serve and help people around us. Um, But we're also going to see how our weaknesses kind of creep up in our lives and how if we're not careful, they can damage the relationships that we have. All right, but before we dive into all of that, I want us to to read a passage from the Gospel of Luke. So if you have your Bible, we like digital Bibles, we like paper Bibles, whatever you have. Um, Bibles made of money, you can just put those in the offering box afterwards. Um, But pull out your Bible. We want to foster a culture of 
honoring God's word here. Um, so this is a good place where it's okay to use your phone uh, while the pastor is speaking, all right? Um, and open up to the book of Luke, to chapter 6. I want to read verses 43 through 45. And whenever you get there, turn to the person sitting next to you and say, I'm excited to be in church this morning. All right. That's enough. You guys are too friendly. Just, just kidding. All right, so Jesus, Jesus is on a mountain and he's speaking and teaching on the kingdom of God to thousands of people. And this is what he says, starting in verse 43. He says, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, everybody say heart, heart. his mouth speaks. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which is always true. We thank you that it's good uh, for, for learning about who you are. Uh, it's good for correction, God. So we, we just pray for all of it. We want to know more about who you are. We want to know more about who we are according to you. And if there's anywhere in our, in our lives where we need correction, we look to your word. Be gentle, God. Lord, and would you just lead us by your love, by your grace, because you are our Father, and we love you, God. So we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, so um, I, I want to go ahead and do a review of the four temperaments. Um, now, we have a graphic that we'll throw up on the screen for you, um, but graphics are kind of boring. Go ahead, Jeff. You can throw that up. Uh, graphics are kind of boring, right? Um, so instead, what I wanted to do is uh, that's supposed to be people with an E at the end. It was right last week, but... Um, but this week, to make it a little more lively, uh, I want to invite some of our church family up on the stage with me. Um, so if we can encourage our people, they know who they are. Come on up. Now, each of these four people, um, they represent one of the four temperaments strongly, right? Uh, and to, to help out a little bit, um, you can see the color of their shirt that they're wearing. Matt's the only one who, who forgot, but that's okay. Um, th there you go. Um, so, but you can see the missing color. That's, that's what Matt is. Um, now, I've asked them to first say their name, uh, say what their color is their, and their temperament, and to give a brief description um, of, of why they are the temperament that they are. And, and we're going to start, because I know um, the sanguine would love to go first. We're going to start with the sanguine first. Uh, go ahead and, and, yeah, we can encourage. <laughs> okay, so, um, well, I, I love being loud. Wait, who, who are you? What color are you? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I am Cynthia Magallanes. I am yellow. And <laughs> I'm sanguine. And I was a very high sanguine. <laughs> and so um, it just, I, I'm loud. I love being the life of the party. I am encouraged around people. So I'm constantly wanting to be around people nice. and just party. And <laughs> yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So, so that's, that's me. So one question for you then. Um, if yes. you were interviewing for a job, what would you tell them about why they need a sanguine on their team? 
Oh my I told gosh. you I might do this. Alex, Alex just told me wear a yellow shirt. Oh, okay. He uh, didn't tell me what questions I was going to get. Well, that's probably because of his color. We'll get to that in a minute. So. <laughs> okay, so. Oh my God, why did you tell me? Um, that question was always hard in interviews. Yeah. Uh, why should you hire me? Because I will, I know what I'm doing and I will make it better. Yes, absolutely. I perfect. will make it better. That's perfect. Yeah. So one of the qualities of sanguines is that they're very confident, right? So there we go. Um, all right, go ahead and hand the, the mic over to Matt, actually. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I just said what your name is, but who are you? Okay, so I'm Matt. Uh, I'm a cleric, a red, as you can tell by my shirt. Uh, You're a little sunburned, so maybe that... Yeah, well, I think this perpetual color through the summer. Uh, so I'm very task-oriented. I'm very uh, kind of a control freak. I like to do things my way. Uh, I need, uh, for sure, I need assurance. I need to be thanked for what I do, mm. for my ability to drive everybody crazy by, by you know, tasking nice. uh, myself and everybody around me. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, and, and of course, my wife is an opposite, so yeah. we, we, we seem to work out pretty so, good. So there. with that, right, Conti, she's, she's a phlegmatic. Um, how would you say that is, is helpful as a choleric in your marriage? Why is being opposites helpful? Well, it didn't initially. Okay. Uh, in the uh, in the in the first part of our in the beginning of our marriage, we we, we really struggled because we just couldn't figure out how to talk to each other uh, sure. at all, and or we could talk to each other, but we didn't hear. Uh, but but now we just we we just balance each other so so well. So so for like me, when I, I I'm, I'm driving and driving and driving and, and tasking and tasking, and she's just kind of like she's just like calm and she needs peace and serenity, and so she'll make me do that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, for 15 minutes before I fall asleep on the couch. Well, and you've you've kind of as a clerk, you've brought her a little bit out of her shell too, right? Yeah, for sure. So she's she everybody kind of thought she might have been a sanguine because she's. Uh, uh, you know, louder and and kind of uh, yeah you know boisterous and so and and that I think is is just by virtue of of having to be seen uh, around around me <laughs> nice awesome we're gonna hand the mic over to our next one okay. who are you what my, are you okay my name is Lindsay and I'm a phlegmatic green and um, I am an introvert but I really love people but just in, like one on one or in smaller group settings. Um, I really like peace and harmony. I want everybody around me to get along, and I will avoid conflict at all costs. <laughs> Do not like confrontation or any, like, people start arguing, even if it's, like, friendly, like, I'm, ah, stop, you know. Anyways, um, so I just, yes, I like peace and, and, and everyone to be happy and get along. Awesome. All right, so question for you. Um, since phlegmatics are more on the quiet introverted side, maybe even a little bit hidden, mm -hmm. um, what would you want the whole world to know about you as a, a phlegmatic? Something good. Um, this is your chance to speak okay. for all phlegmatics. Um, I just, oh gosh, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, just, you know, I, I'm a very loyal person. I love people nice. and I, um, I, I will fight for you, but not in like the loud way that maybe <laughs> that that a sanguine would. But um, quietly in my heart, and um, I don't know, just and I will I will be by your side, and I will be there with you to listen and pray. That's awesome. Perfect. Let's hand it down over to Alex. Go ahead, sir. 
Um, I am Alex. I am melancholic. Uh, the reason I know I'm melancholic, I like uh, silence and my space and peace. Um, so, like, uh, to give an example, this morning, my both my son and I were like, we wake up and we're like playing classic music, classical music. <laughs> We're eating like cereal in silence, and then comes Cynthia with like a like a Bluetooth box, and she's like. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, can you turn it down? Because this is like, go upstairs. This is our moment right here. Yeah. My son and I, silence, give you space. Um, so yeah, I'm a hundred percent introvert for other personalities that I've done, and so I uh, yeah. Uh, awesome. Huh? I'm task oriented. Uh, if I don't say hi to you, it's not because I don't like you. It's just like I'm giving you your space. Nice. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, so question for you. Since, since Cynthia is the opposite, right? They're, they're diagonal. Um, but how is that helpful for you guys in your marriage? <laughs> I think just like Matt, like it wasn't helpful in the beginning until we figured it out. Yeah. Um, but we do balance each other out. Sure. Um, so, like, as a sanguine, she's a visionary. So, like, when it comes to, like, business, she's like, yes, we're going to do this, and we're going to hire somebody and risk taker. I'm the one that's like, whoa, 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 hold on. Let's, let's assess the whole thing. Look yep. at finances. Look at numbers. Make a list. Follow the process. He cuts my wings. And then, and then but, it, yeah, but you fly f- farther because yeah. of the organizational awesome. skills that I have. Yeah, awesome. No, that's perfect. Thank you guys so much. Can we encourage them? Great job, everybody. Notice that the phlegmatic is the first down off the stage. Cynthia is the last off the stage. That's uh, the personalities right there. <laughs> One red to the other. So now all four of, of our church family who just came up, um, they learn what their temperaments are during our group study that started uh, last Monday evening. Um, they took a short test that helped them uh, probably really just understand what they already knew about themselves, just putting words to it. Um, and during this group study, they're going to learn more about their temperaments and how they can use them again for the glory of God and the good of the people around them. And guess what? So can you. All right. It is not too late if you are still interested in being a part of this group. Um, Last week was just an introduction. Um, So if you would like to be in the group, let me know. We'll get a book ordered for you. Amazon Prime will win the day for us. um, And we'll get you the test taken really quick. And then you can just jump right in with us tomorrow. Now, uh, some changes about the group. Still at 630, but instead of at my little house, we have a lot of people who are are coming. Um, It's going to be right here at the church, just across the way uh, in the growth group room. Um, So let me know if you want to be there um, so that I can get you a book and get you sped up. Okay? Awesome. Now, the main thing we've been learning uh, in our time together here on Sundays and what they'll be learning during the group is that our words are important, right? Our words are important because in order to have relationship with people, in order to get things done in life, even greater, in order to build the kingdom of God in the lives of others requires words, right? It requires relationship, communication skills. And I first want to say that Everyone has the ability and the capacity to communicate well. Every single person does. Uh, And when it comes to um, communicating, um, everybody can do it, right? Everybody can. 
Even if we feel like or we perceive that someone is not a good communicator, chances are we're communicating to them through the filter of our temperament and they're hearing or receiving through the filter of their temperament. And that can cause some problems, right? The, the, the best way to think of it is this way, right? Let's say somebody comes up to you with a map, right? And, and it's obvious that they're lost and they need help. They need directions. And you're not a jerk. You're a nice person. So, so you want to do your best to help them out. But you learn very quickly that they're from another country. They do not speak the same language as you. So you do your best to help them. Uh, But no matter how loud or slow you talk, no matter what kind of hand gestures you do, they just aren't getting it, right? They can't understand you. Now, the question is, is that person a bad communicator? Is that person stupid or, or dumb in some way? No, it's obviously a language barrier, right? Right? Well, temperaments and communicating through our temperaments is a lot like speaking different languages. Right? And, and oftentimes when two different people with different temperaments try to communicate with each other, it's like they're speaking two different languages. Right? You heard from our people at the beginning. At the beginning, the relationship was difficult, but they learned. Um, and the question again is, is that person like, not good at communicating? Are they somehow dumber than you are? No, they're actually very strong in communicating through their own temperament, right? Um, So when you look at the temperaments, you'll find uh, that each one kind of speaks their own language. All right, what are those languages? All right, if you're taking notes, this is for you. Write these down. Um, You'll find that sanguine yellows, they like to speak the language of people and fun, right? Um, Where are my sanguines at? Go ahead. Yeah, there we go. Um, Choleric reds, they like speaking the language of power and control. I see you cholerics out there. Um, And then phlegmatic greens, they like to speak the language of calm and harmony. Those are my people, all right? Calm and harmony. Uh, And then my other people are the melancholic blues who speak the language of perfection and order, right? So which of those do you find yourself speaking more of? right? What language uh, do you relate to the best? Right, so um, you can kind of imagine a bit of a language barrier kind of interaction. If, for example, uh, a yellow walks up to a blue and says, hey, let's go to this party tonight. Everyone's going to be there. It's going to be so much fun. There's going to be music and dancing. And guess what? Bill is going to be there. And you don't know, you never know what's going to happen when Bill is at a party, right? Um, so while the, the yellow is communicating fun and people, the blue is hearing uncertainty, right? Some of you are shaking your heads and you're like, I don't know. Uh, maybe some disorder, maybe um, some discomfort because of all the people, especially all the dancing, right? Um, so the blue says, no, that doesn't sound like very much fun to me, right? Because they speak the language of perfection and order, And if the yellow doesn't understand the blue's temperament, the yellow will walk away feeling hurt, frustrated. They might get a little angry in that moment because they don't feel like the blue wants to have any fun. But that's not the case. It's just that the blue's idea of fun and hanging out looks very different from the yellow's. Right? For the, the blue, uh, he's, or she, I say he because I'm a little bit more of a blue. My wife's a yellow. Um, Like, 
we're okay with being at home and having a few people that we know and trust over at our house, right? We're okay with task-oriented kind of things like playing games that have a definite end to them so we can tell everybody to leave. Um, and, And whenever we can really just focus, not just on ourselves, But when we can focus on the people in our lives and we can learn their language, we can figure out what fun looks like together, right? Whether it's it's a roommate or a friend or, or a spouse or a child. And if all the temperaments, especially the opposite ones, right? If all of them really just work hard to learn one another's language, what they'll discover is there are certain parts of their traits that they actually have in common. Right? Um, so even though a blue doesn't necessarily speak the language of fun and people, oftentimes the blue is the most funny person in the room. Right? Think about your, your favorite stand-up comics. What you probably don't know of, about them is, is that they're probably more blue melancholics than you think. Right? Because they're, they're deep people. And you, we don't see all of the work that goes in to, to creating their jokes and their content. Right? And because they're deep thinkers, they're great observers, they see the world in a different way, which is why they're so funny. Right? And even though yellows don't speak the language of perfection and order, man, they can think quickly. Um, they're very disciplined with tasks whenever um, they're fun and challenging. And they excel in things sometimes better than the blues when there's a visible result to them. Right? So each temperament, in a way, they, they speak a different language. Um, And to better overcome those language-type barriers, we need to learn to speak the language of the people around us, right? Because if we don't, if we choose to speak only according to our needs and according to our temperaments, problems will arise in our relationships. And I'm sure we've all been through that before, right? You can probably think back to some of your arguments with people and see like, oh, I was speaking a completely different language than that person, right? They're totally different from me. And then just think to yourself for a moment, right? And tell me if this statement rings true to you, all right? This is the statement. When given the choice between helping and hurting someone with our words, most of us, most of the time, will choose to help. True or false? True, right? We're not terrible people, right? And yet, we've all argued. We've all ignored. We've all interrupted the people in our lives, We've given unwelcome advice and untrue excuses. We've yelled insults or we've whispered rumors. In short, we've all let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths at some point, right? And why is that? That's the question. Well, it's actually quite simple. And it's simply put, it's that we're wired that way. Yes, we are wired with certain strengths that we like to to operate in, but we are also wired with some inherent weaknesses that if we're not careful, can mess things up for us. Um, So your strengths, if you think about them, they're the very best version of who you are. God has created you specifically, uniquely, for the purpose that he has placed on your life. But those strengths have a counterpoint. You are also wired with weaknesses that have the potential to ruin relationships and derail your life. And if that seems scary to you, well, then here's some good news. Here's the good news. You can choose to speak from your strengths, or you can choose to speak from your weaknesses. You can choose. Now, until now, it probably hasn't felt that way. 
right? Because hurtful uh, words have just popped out of all of our mouths at some point before we even heard them coming. It's all happened to us before. But today I'm here to tell you that we all have a choice and we can choose to speak from strength rather than weakness, And that's why passages like Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45, you can go back to that verse. We're going to hang out there for just a minute. But passages like like that that we read earlier, um, because when Jesus is talking about the good and the bad that comes out of our hearts, he's actually talking about the good and the bad that comes from our temperaments, temperaments, right? The term heart is used almost a thousand times in scripture. Um, This is the way author and speaker Paul Tripp uh, puts it. He says, it's one of the most well-developed themes in all of the Bible. When the Bible uses the term heart, it means the causal core of your personhood. The heart is your directional system. The heart is your steering wheel. And in the context of what we're talking about, what does that sound like? It sounds like our temperaments, right? And what this passage in Luke points to is that most of our word problems are actually heart problems. Most of our word problems are actually heart problems. And this is hard for us to admit, isn't it? We don't want to believe what I just said. Because what I want to believe is that my communication problems are not something inside of me. It's outside of me. It's the other person's fault, right? Or it's some circumstantial thing that's causing the problem, not me, right? I want to believe that if someone doesn't understand me, if I hurt somebody with my words, Again, it's not me, it's them. But when we read Luke chapter 6, verses 43 and 40 through 45, Jesus flips that thinking. And he says, sorry, kids, that's not the way it works, right? You can't fix your communicating problems by simply fixing what's outside of you. Right? You can't just expect others to change. Husbands and wives, we need to hear that. We can't just expect our spouse to change in order to make everything better, right? Parents, I know you're the authority of the house, right? You have the final say, but we can't just expect our children to change in order to make everything better, right? What's interesting is that just before this passage in the Bible, what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about not pointing out the speck in somebody else's eye before you've addressed the log in yours, right? The people around us, they are wired for weakness and strength, just like you are wired for weakness and strength. And we have to admit that first in ourselves. Paul Tripp, he also says this. He says, your behavior isn't caused by the situations in relationships outside of you. This passage in Luke teaches that your experiences influence, but do not determine your behavior. He keeps saying your behavior is shaped and caused by how your heart reacts to and interacts with the situations and relationships that are outside of you. So again, we can choose, right? Say that out loud if you need to. We can choose. choose. Thank you. We can choose whether we want to communicate from our strengths or if we want to communicate from our weakness, right? And here's the bottom line, right? If you leave with anything today, here's the bottom line. Chances are, if your words bring life to people, if they're being encouraged and edified and built up, chances are you're speaking from your strengths. But if your words bring death, if they're cutting, if they tear down, chances are you're communicating from your weaknesses. So 
what do strengths and weaknesses look like practically in the context of what we're talking about, right, in the context of temperaments? Um, well, we're going to just look at two different temperaments, at their strengths and weaknesses. We don't have time to go through all four of them. Um, so we're going to stick with the sanguine yellows and the melancholic blues. Um, so for a sanguine yellow, right, they're considered loud people. You heard one admit it for themselves. So um, their loudest strengths, their loudest strengths are that they're magnetic, right, inspiring and encouraging. They're, they're great storytellers who bring joy and laughter and optimism to everything that they do. You want to be around sanguines, right? So when they speak from strength, they say things like, oh, man, I've got a great story to go with that. Just wait till you hear the story, right? Or, or they'll say things like, that sounds like fun, right? They're the first people to just jump right in. They are uniquely wired to see the best in people and circumstances, Right, so if you want to feel good about yourself, go find a sanguine. They'll tell you. But on the other hand, on the other hand, the sanguine's loudest weaknesses are that they can elaborate or exaggerate, or they can speak too loudly, or they can interrupt others. They also have a tendency to be forgetful and naive. And when they speak from weakness, they say things like, do you have to be so serious all the time? Or they say, Oops, I forgot to do that thing that you told me to do, right? So that's an example of, of a sanguine's strengths and weaknesses. Let's look at the melancholic blue now, right? Well, they're considered deep people, deep people. So their deepest strengths are that they're both analytical and creative at the same time. They're perfectionists or detailed, orderly. They're very compassionate, and they're often artistic and or musical, and in their strengths, they um, commonly say things like, you know, I've been giving some thought to that. And they always have something good to say or to, to input. Um, or they say things like, I'm finished. I just need to add one more little thing and then it'll be perfect. But they're uniquely wired to anticipate obstacles and carefully problem solve. Right, so if you're a business owner and you need somebody like that, go find a blue. But on the other hand, the melancholic's deep weaknesses are that they often remember the negatives. They fear failure. They have low self-esteem sometimes. They also have a tendency to be judgmental and critical. So when they speak from weaknesses, they commonly say things like, no one can understand me, right? It's all their fault. No one can understand me. Or, you know, I'm worried about that. Uh, I don't think this is a good idea, guys. Um, if someone shares an idea with them, before celebrating it, the first thing they do, they'll find something wrong to point out with it, right? So th th those are some examples of, and some of you are laughing because you know it's so true. You're like, that's me. Um, so those are some examples of strengths and weaknesses. Um, and if you want to know more details about the cholerics and the phlegmatics, um, I encourage you to buy this book. Um, and you can download their free app that has all of the videos. You can go through this study all on your own or with your spouse, if you're a business person, with your team, right? But go through this. I promise you it will change your perspective on life and communication and the people around you, all right? Um, or you can join us tomorrow night for our study. Last plug. So how does all of this labeling and describing help us avoid unwholesome talk that Paul talks about? In Ephesians 4, 29. Well, the point of understanding both our strengths and weaknesses is that knowledge is power. As cliche as that sounds, it's still true, right? Knowledge is power. 
And when we know what our strengths and weaknesses are, then we now have the power to stop and choose. We now have the power to stop and choose. Knowing how you're uniquely wired allows you to take a moment to pause and choose, do I want to communicate from my strength right now, or do I want to communicate from weakness? And here's a really simple exercise that you all can do at home um, to to help you practically with this. Now, what I want you to do is, is, as difficult as it is, and clerics have an especially hard time with this because they don't see their weaknesses as weaknesses. They see them as strengths. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) so... What you would need to do is just sit down and start thinking through your weaknesses. Clerics, if you need help, find somebody you trust and let them, they will gladly point them out to you, okay? Um, So on a sheet of paper or in the notes app on your phone, this is what I want you to do. I want you to write out, I have a tendency to, or be, blank. And in that blank, write out one of your weaknesses. All right, and then on the next line, write out, but I will choose to be blank and fill in one of your strengths, right? This will help you practice and become better at taking a moment to pause because you've already thought about it and to choose, I'm going to communicate in my strength right now. All right, I'm going to speak life into somebody right now rather than cutting them down. Amen? All right, but, but let's bring this all back to our faith. Let's bring it all back to God, because that's the most important thing. And when you think about words, who was the first to use words? God was, right? God. Words belong to God. He is the originator of spoken words, right? He spoke everything into existence. And what we know about God is that he is holy, which means that he always does what is good, right, and perfect. So when God spoke for the very first time, his words were holy. They were good, right, and perfect. And then what did God do? He created us, and he created us in his image, meaning that we are called to to live and speak and be a reflection of who he is, which is holy, right, good, right, and perfect. So, When we misuse words, when we let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, we're actually defiling something that was originally perfect. It was holy. It was good. It was right. And when we have that understanding, when we have that heavenly perspective of words, that they belong to God first, that will also help us to pause and choose and speak words that that God would speak, speak from our strengths. But it's even more than that, because it is not Christian, all right? It is not Christian to just stop swearing, right? It is not Christian just to put good language in our mouths instead. Anyone can do that, Christian or not, anyone. It is Christian, however, to ask the deeper question, am I speaking now to edify somebody? Am I speaking now to build them up? Is my mouth being as used as a tool of grace in the lives of the people around me? It's about being completely transformed and using our God-given temperaments for his glory and the good of the people around us, right? And when it comes to our temperaments and our strengths and our weaknesses, what the Christian has that the non-Christian doesn't is exactly that, transformation, transformation. 
Everybody say that with me, transformation. transformation. Right? Because just before Paul talks about not speaking unwholesome words, right? just before that, he's talking about how before Jesus, right? all of us, before Jesus, were corrupt. Right? We had broken hearts, and because of all of this, we were alienated from God. And because of this alienation, we were unable to escape the futility of our minds, and our hearts were hardened and cold, and they were unable to change. And that before Jesus, we couldn't help but speak unholy and unwholesome things to the people around us. Right? But because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, because of the gospel, we now have the ability to be transformed. Amen? We now have the ability to stop and choose and speak from strength rather than weakness. So Paul, he goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, he says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, verse 23, and instead be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, you, you might be here today and you might be thinking, I want to change. I want to change. I want to speak from strength rather than weakness. I want to speak wholesome words over the people around me, especially my family and loved ones. I want my communication with my spouse and my kids to be way better. But I can't seem to change no matter how hard I try. And what Paul is saying in Ephesians is that that's because you need a new heart. Right? And until you have that new heart, you won't be able to change no matter how hard you try. But the good news is that Jesus made a way for us to experience real and lasting transformation in life. Right? Jesus gives us a way to take off that old self and put on the better new self. Right? And to be able to speak wholesome words over the people around us, to speak strength, right? a new self that is able to help us communicate better with our loved ones. And Jesus is that way. So if you've been struggling with unwholesome talk, whatever that looks like for you, if you've been struggling to put others' needs above your own, which is really what this is all about, if you've been struggling to, to speak from your strength rather than your weakness, I would first invite you to surrender your life to Jesus. You can't change on your own. You can't have transformation without Jesus. So today, surrender your life to him. And the Bible tells us that when we confess with our mouths, our words, right, that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our hearts, the core of our temperaments, that God raised him from the dead, then that salvation, that transformation is ours. And I know a lot of us are believers here, but you can't miss what I just said because you got to speak it to somebody else, right? We need to encourage and speak words of life over somebody else and confess when we speak and say, you know what? If you believe in Jesus, if you confess with your words that God raised him from the dead, you can have salvation, right? It's not just about us. It's about communicating it to others. So would you do that today if you've never done that before? Confess and believe. And you know, if you're already a follower of Jesus, which I'm assuming most of us are, remember, knowledge is power. Again, as cliche as it sounds. Knowledge is power. 
and you know now that you have strengths and you know that you also have weaknesses. And what God is inviting us to do today is to remember Jesus, to remember his life and his death, to remember his example that he showed as he walked this earth. There are other passages in scriptures where it says that Jesus always spoke words of grace towards the people around him. He's our perfect example, our perfect model, right? And you might be thinking, well, that's just my temperament. Yes, but God's salvation, his power transforms and sanctifies even our temperaments. And he gives us the ability to speak words that are whole and good over the people around us. All right, amen? Worship team, you guys can come on up. And as they're coming up, would you just stand with me this morning? What I want to do is, is I just want to lead us all uh, just in a, in a prayer. It's a prayer of just thanking God for who he is and thanking Jesus for what he's done in our lives. But it's also a prayer of commitment that we're going to live by God's word. Right, so if you just bow your heads with me, and you can say these words out loud or just in your own heart, just say these with me. Say, God... Words belong to you. Thank you for creating me in your image. Thank you for transforming me through your son, Jesus. So help me to take off the old self and to put on the new self. Help me to speak words you would speak. Words that are holy. Words that are good, right, and perfect. Help me to speak words that bring you glory. And do good for the people around me. Help me to put their needs above my own. Give me a spiritual tongue be able to speak the temperament language of those around me so I can build your kingdom in them. In the name of Jesus and by the power of your spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you are blessed by this episode and would like to help us create more content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus, would you consider giving a financial gift of any amount today? Whatever you give will go towards building the kingdom of God in the lives of people all over the world. Thank you for your support, and we pray many blessings over you.